Global markets are retreating from their record highs set at the end of last week, but retain their optimism about a soft landing in the US. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines explains why he's just increased his iron ore price forecast, despite still weak property demand in China. There's always two sides to the story and growth in that market has certainly dried up a lot quicker than I think a lot of people expected. But first in 5 on 5 with ANZ, stocks and bonds have retreated from their record highs overnight. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq are down half a percent and 0.9% respectively. Yields on the US two-year and 10-year treasuries have bounced up seven to nine basis points as their prices have fallen. Remember, bond prices move in the opposite direction to yields. The Aussie and the Kiwi dollars are also off their highs from yesterday as of 5am Sydney Melbourne time. The Aussies at 66.19 US cents and the Kiwi at 61.69 cents. Gold has also retreated from yesterday's highs, although remains solidly above $2,000 an ounce. It's at $2,043.95. Now that's down from an all-time record high of $2,151.20 hit yesterday. ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines explains why gold has been on such a tear of late. All the uh, stars seem to have aligned. Certainly over the over the past few months, it's it's been building. But I think um, you know the real trigger has been you know this uh, this apparent pivot in uh, central bank policy, uh, in particular in the in the US, where. The Fed does uh, seem to have um, changed its tune uh, just recently in terms of their interest rate sort of policy, and uh, the market now is increasingly confident that uh, you know with the data starting to um, weaken um, as well that they'll be in uh, sort of a uh, interest rate cutting mode at some point in uh, 2024. Number two, the RBA is expected to hold later today albeit only after considering a hike, says ANZ Head of Australian Economics, Adam Boyton. It'll be a hawkish pause, and I think part of the reason why the bank will still be presenting the board with that option to increase interest rates is when we get the minutes in a couple of weeks' time, if that option isn't there, the market will interpret that as an incredibly dovish signal. Number three, Australia's business indicators yesterday were a mixed bag, with some strong profit numbers beyond the mining sector and wage growth running into the high single digits. These indicators are key inputs into Wednesday's GDP figures, but the pluses and the minuses mean they're unlikely to shift the RBA today, says Adam. At face value, uh, what the business indicators release says is that there's some upside risk to our 0.2% GDP growth forecast. We think the Reserve Bank's forecast was always a little bit stronger. So that that sort of offsets, I guess, some of that upward surprise for us. And look, as always in the business indicators release, there's some offsetting detail. It looks like total sales in volume terms actually fell by 0.1% across the economy. So the net of all of that, I think, for the RBA is a bit of a wash. Number four. One reason the RBA is expected to hold is the labour market is coming off the boil. The ANZ, indeed, measure of job ads fell 4.6% in November. That was the biggest one-month fall since June 2018. They're also down 16.8% from their peak a year ago. Here's ANZ Australia economist Maddie Dunk. So ANZ Indeed Australian job ads fell sharply in November and I think this just points to the fact that 
the labour market is starting to cool and we're seeing real slack come into the labour market and there are other indicators that show you that too. So things like hours worked have been trending down. We've seen a lot of the growth in jobs over the past few months has come from part-time rather than full-time jobs. And all those things just suggest that rate hikes are working to slowly affect the labour market. Number five, the news in overnight US factory orders fell 3.6% in October from September, and that was more than the 3% fall expected, albeit distorted somewhat by strikes at car factories. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says the Fed will be encouraged by signs of weakening demand for factory equipment as it zeroes in on that soft landing. The expectations are that the economy is going to slow. So I think firms are hesitant now in making investment spending decisions And that's going to remain the case until we start to see interest rates fall. ANZ's Brian Martin there. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines explains why he has increased his short-term iron ore price target to $110 a tonne from $98 a tonne. And he's raised his forecast for next year to above $100 a tonne. But it's all despite the weakness in China's property market. Spoiler alert. It's all about supply. Here's Daniel. Everyone's been focused on you know the demand side, and certainly the the the, the issues with the Chinese property sector have, have driven those uh, concerns. And and considering the amount of steel and iron ore that goes into that sector, um, you know it's it's certainly one you need to keep a close eye on. But there's always two sides to the story, and uh, growth in that market has certainly dried up a lot quicker than I think a lot of people expected. You know, driven by, you know, I think the view that um, the peak in steel demand and thus iron ore is, is coming uh, pretty soon. And so a lot of these developers have shelved a lot of those longer-term projects that they had in the pipeline um, and are just working, you know, on, on making their operations more efficient and and, uh, and thus more profitable. So um, it's, it's certainly resulted in a much tighter market than I think anyone expected, uh, despite, you know, those issues with Chinese um, property developers. And it's something which I think is going to probably hang around for, for a little while longer. I mean, we, we had a, a fairly bearish view uh, based off, you know, that, that property sector story. But, um, you know, it's actually could flip on its head in a sense if we get any sign of even a you know a small level of growth in demand from the Chinese property sector then the market's going to be even tighter than uh, than uh, that we expected before so you know it could uh, it could we could see you know relatively high on oil prices despite its key consuming sector being um, in the doldrums yeah you've got a couple of uh, uh, really fascinating charts on Australia's weekly iron ore exports and Brazil's weekly iron ore exports for 2023, showing a, a real drop-off uh, consistently. Um, what's what's going on there in terms of disruptions with equipment and weather and the likes? Is this all temporary or is there something more fundamental going on? Well, in a sense, it is temporary because they can overcome those, uh, you know, relatively quickly. But I think it's... Uh, it's more endemic of the way they're running these operations at the moment. Um, without those sources of growth in, in volumes from new projects, they're really having to push their current operations to the absolute maximum. And that's when you start to get things failing and, and when they're all running 
just in time, you know, at nameplate capacity, then, you know, any little thing can, can certainly result in a, a bit of a dip in, in output. So I think that's what we're seeing at the moment, just, an, um, you know, a, an industry which is, which is running uh, fairly lean and fairly hard. And when you do get things uh, going against it, like weather, you know, a, a failure at, um, uh, on a railway line or a, a port going down or a ship, uh, you know, getting stuck, then, you know, these these things have a ripple effect um, across the, the market. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. And how much uh, capacity is there for the industry to turn it back on, so to speak, if the property market in China does recover. Are these, you know, projects that were all on the drawing boards, can they be pulled out from the from the bottom drawer and put back on? It would be uh, it would be very difficult. And I think, you know, you would um, you would you would have to see evidence, I suppose, of a structural shift in demand for them to really pull that trigger. I mean, we're we're talking about a decade of of lead time with billions of dollars of capital um, at play, so it's not a um, a decision which would come lightly. So yeah, I think uh, those boards of um, you know the BHPs and Rios and Vales would look long and hard at reinvigorating them before they they really pulled the trigger. So yeah, I don't think it would be um, a quick fix. ANZ's Daniel Hines there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was five and five with ANZ for Tuesday, December the fifth. Look out tomorrow for analysis from today's RBA decision, the last for the year. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.